Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary and my Patreon Sorry. Yeah, sorry, patrons. I was like, maybe we should just delete that whole thing. But the whole thing is about sp- being silly and putting you in a good mood and saying thank you. So uh, I won't edit that out. Uh, uh, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, hey, you have all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest, and what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, uh, feelings, physical sensations, noise, travel, changes, disruptions in your routine, uh, trouble saying routine... Uh, like your work schedule, like uh, changing shifts, or if you work on a shift where you have to sleep during the day, uh, get you know, wait like late night wake ups, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to, to 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 distract you from that and create a safe place where you feel comfortable, earn your trust, uh, so you can let your guard down in a way where you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill here, I'm gonna relax and uh, yeah, yeah, take a. Uh, Almost like a warm bath, uh, but you don't get like you're in bed instead. So you say, okay, well, I don't have to worry about being friggin' wet and then getting in bed or being, you know, and then like a draft. You don't have to worry. This is one podcast. Well, I think all podcasts, you don't have to worry about drafts. Uh, uh, but, you know, like, uh, I don't think, well, this podcast, you shouldn't have. Hey, okay, here, here you go. I'll just do just in case. Uh, hey, by the way, could you shut the door? Let's Can you stuck some, stick something underneath there? We don't want a draft in this podcast. Uh, here, I'm tucking something underneath that door there. Uh, cross breeze, maybe. Okay, so I guess I'll get back to that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to create a safe place by sending my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, tangents. Uh, I'm as distractible as any pet. Uh, I'm trying to think what's the most distracted pet. Uh, distracted pets. Uh, they could be in. They could, okay, let's think about that. What would that be? Would that be a book title? Another book title? It'd be more like a coffee table book with photos of distracted pets and made up made up books. I've been on a roll of making up books that I have not gotten around to to remembering even. It was in Seattle for PodCon, and some lovely listener came up to me and said, well, how many books are, do you keep a list of books on Gingerbread Press uh, that you're not planning on publishing? And I said, it was such a lovely moment. Like, really, I said, uh they, I, I, I just laughed, and they laughed with me. And I said, I, I mean, in all honesty, I do wish I did have that. Uh, and a phalanx of attorneys to say, oh, by the way, Distracted Pets uh, was the idea Scooter thought of and hasn't followed through on. Maybe we could pair it up with, uh, like, people of New York. We could do, do Distracted Pets in New York, and then they, they could do all the work, and I could have half the credit and all the, you know, all the other stuff. Uh Anyway, what was I talking about? Did I get distracted like a pet? I did. If you're new, welcome. 
Let me tell you about the structure of the show and what to expect a little bit real quick. Uh, The show starts off with about four minutes of business, and we have some business in between the the intro and the story. So that's how we keep over 650 archived episodes of the podcast free. And so that's kind of huge is the support we get from the sponsors and and the listeners that support them. So thank you for listening to that part. Then uh, then we have an intro. Usually the intros are about 12 to 14 minutes uh, where I try to explain what the podcast is and then I get distracted like a pet. And so it's about 12 to 14 minutes. It's a show within a show. Uh, some people skip the intros. A lot of people fall asleep during them. Some people get ready for bed. Uh, or call their pets in. Those pets wouldn't be distracted. They'd be focused. They'd say, oh, it's time to listen to Scoots. Uh, the person, the one human who's, like, I guess who's so distractible, it kind of helps us chill out, us pets. Because uh, he's kind of, his production, I mean, this is really part of the podcast, is uh, the creation of the podcast and the work that goes into it. In some sense, I'm soothing myself and saying, hey, I've been there in the deep, dark night, sleepless, and I want to help you because uh, I know what it's like uh, be, being there tossing and turning. Uh, but I got distracted. I just went on that tangent to say, check in with you and say, hey, that's why I make the show. Pets, humans, uh, av- 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 like bird friends, I was going to say aviation friends, uh, you know, if you need to sleep on a plane, this podcast works. Uh, so it's a, the intro is a, a show within a show, a bit like a monologue, heavy on, you know, heavy on the log. Then there's a, uh, tonight we'll be talking about uh, Doctor Who. And it'll be more like a bedtime story. So even if you don't watch Doctor Who or if you do, you, it'll be more like just hearing a bedtime story with characters called the Doctor and Rose. Uh, and that other dude, Johnny Slick, or whatever his name was, that crafty American, who I say, I don't know if I'm, 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 I'm his biggest fan. So I'll talk about Doctor Who, uh, the Doctor Dances episode tonight uh, for about 45 minutes or so. And that'll give you plenty of time to drift off, too. And then we'll have some thank yous at the end. So that's a structure show, but here's the thing. You don't need to listen to it. You can kind of listen to it. You can barely be engaged. You know, if you can't sleep or you're, you know, if you got worries or anything, I'm here to keep you company, to comfort you. I mean, I guess more distract you, uh, to, to just uh, be here for you. So if you can't fall asleep for some reason, I'll be here all the way to the end. Uh, but you don't need to listen to me. You, you can listen or you can kind of listen. And ideally, uh, I slowly slip through your fingers. I take your mind off what's keeping you awake and slowly you drift off into dreamland. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for about an hour, as I said, to, to be your companion in the deep, dark night. So you fall asleep at your leisure. Now, let's get back to these pets. Uh, like, so what is the most distracted pet? I mean, I would say probably dogs are pretty distractible. Cats would never tell you. You'd say, if you if you could, if, if you know, I do, I do have, sec- every once in a while, I'll sneak in a secret message for cats. So I'm going to sneak this one in there. And that told the cats, I'm sorry for going on a tangent about this, because I don't know if the cats will like this. But if you ask a cat, if I, you know, if you had me as an interpreter, 
Oh, by the way, I, I don't offer this as a service. If I did, it would be prohibitively expensive. That's why I don't even offer it uh, to translate. The hard thing is cats usually won't give me the time of day, even though I speak cat. Uh, and I also speak kitten, yes, to answer those questions. Cats won't necessarily engage me in conversation, kind of, kind of like many uh, humans won't. Uh, uh, but if I could engage a cat in conversation, I'd say, are you distracted? They'd say, like, you think they're going to answer that question? The cat, that's what the cat would say. You think I'm going to answer that question? Or who, me? Distracted? I mean, Garfield was distracted. But who was more distracted, Garfield or Odie? Like, unless you had lasagna, Garfield was usually focused on a plan. So I guess I'd say cats aren't very distracted, or if they are, they're going to cover it up. And they say, okay, well, that's not getting us anywhere, especially for an intro. You know, other pets, I'd say, like, like other pets I've had, I've had dogs, cats, uh, gerbils. I'd say gerbils, there's no way to tell either. Uh, gerbils are more busy, I'd say, than distracted. And you'd say, well, yeah, like if we're going to run on this wheel, then I'm going to run around in the circle here. Then I'm going to, you know, build a nest. Then I'm going to go to sleep. Then I'm going to drink. Then I'm going to lick my salt lick. Uh, I don't know if gerbils are supposed to have salt licks, uh, but I just picture one in my mind. Uh, so that gets rid of gerbils. Turtles, I'd say no. Yeah, turtles, like, no, I'm wise. Uh, why you got to ask me if I'm distracted? I'm wise. What were you talking? What were you talking about? And they say, you turtle, you're just using your wisdom to be silly with me now. The turtle say, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, we, we don't get distracted because we're too wise. Owls are also purportedly wise, but they're not really, they don't make good pets from what I hear. I'm trying to think of what other pets I can talk about that are good. You know, there's also, like you say, well, there's not a lot of pets you can talk about on the sleep podcast. Cats and dogs, easy. Turtles, yes, uh gerbils because uh, i have a personal connection to them they get a pass birds i'd say uh they're more distracting no offense birds uh i'd say they're probably they may be distracted i, I don't know i guess i like i guess i'd have to team up uh maybe this could be another study hank green could fund but uh and say, hey, birds, are you distracted or are you just chirp? You just say, no, we're just doing stuff. I think that's what, like, I don't, I'll have to th- try to pick up some bird dialects and see if I can communicate with them. Uh, but I would imagine they'd say, no, we're doing stuff. Uh, we're making the most of this situation where we're in this freaking cage. Uh, so, yeah, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're moving around, jumping from swing to swing to th- perch and and singing. And looking at you, and you're trying to look at you. No, no, we're we're do, we're up to stuff. We're not distracted at all, unless there's something distract. So I guess no offense, dogs, uh, uh, but you may be the most distractible, other than me. So I'd say, but I think what I was saying earlier was that I'm more distractible than all pets, and I think I still have that title until someone can email me. They say, actually, I have a pet of, of this. Uh, I don't know, Ricky Ticky Tavi's another pe- favorite pet of mine just because I watched that movie so many times as a kid. You think that was a Don Bluth feature? And, or maybe not, but uh, and I don't even remember the whole thing other than Ricky. I, I, I think I just like saying Ricky Ticky Tavi. It really, like, you go ahead and say it. You go ahead, let's do that in our sleepy voice. Uh, 
Ricky Ticky Tavi. It feels good. It's just one of those uh, words that, uh, you see, I think it may, I, I don't want, I guess I'm going out on a limb here with, I'm, I'm dropping all sorts of things like, uh, no, no friends, no offense of friends, no offense to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which is a mouthful and a nice phrase or word. Ricky Tiki Tavi's better. And I guess you'd say Ricky Tiki Tavi's a proper noun. But I'd say maybe not. Maybe it's been, you know, it's so old. No offense, Ricky Tiki Tavi or Don Bluth Estate. Uh, if there is a Don Bluth Estate, I don't know. But uh, Ricky Tiki Tavi, we could make it into, what would we make it into? A verb uh, or some sort of descriptor? You'd say Ricky Tiki Tavi. I bought a, you know, I don't, I don't know what, but it sounds good. And this podcast is ideally supposed to be a little bit goofy, but sound good. And that was a pretty distracting intro, and that wasn't even intentional. I, I somehow I ended up at Ricky Ticky Tavi being the definitive comforting phrase. Uh, maybe that'll be like they like every year. The last two years have been the year of self care. How about making what if 2018 we just substitute Ricky Ticky the year of Ricky Ticky Tavi, and they could be self care. You say, well, it's soothing, more soothing than saying self care is saying Ricky Ticky Tavi, and it, I think it is just a combination. I mean, and this is another thing that the, the scientists could study. They say, well, it makes my when I say Ricky Ticky Tavi, it makes my brain feel good. I don't know if the, I don't think it's ASMR. But it is in that Tavi, but Tavi by itself is pretty good. But when you have Ricky Ticky before it, it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, my, I don't know if it's my mitochondria talking or what, uh, but sticking in the Golgi apparatus, uh, you know, you don't need to look into my finance box to check my status uh, to pander to certain fans. Uh, but anyway, so let me get back to the podcast and new listeners. I, I, I would ta- I would posit that the tavying of the Rickies and the Tickies uh, uh, <laughs> it took may have distracted you from whatever was keeping you awake. And this podcast, it's not a little bit silly. It's it's pretty silly. It's pretty goofy, but it's well intentioned. It's here to help you uh, fall asleep and to take your mind off of stuff. And I hope I can help you with that. If you're new, give it a few tries. It's free. And so there's no harm, no foul. You don't need to like it. I hope it can help you. Most reviewers say it took two or three times before I started. You know, first two or three times, you're skeptical, naturally. For a person that said Ricky Ticky Tavi 85 times, and I'll be saying it the rest of the night. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm going to get in the bathtub later. And I'm going to say, oh, Ricky Ticky. I guess if I say it like that, my neighbors will even laugh harder when they see me getting my mail. But I'm going to say, oh, Ricky Ticky Tavi. Uh, I could see someone, Ricky Ticky Tavi now in a smoking jacket, smoking a cigarette, looking at me. And Okay, anyway, let's move on. Uh, so anyway, I'm here to help. Uh, give it a few tries. Uh, I appreciate you checking the show out. Those of you that keep coming back, I love you. Really. Thank you so much, uh, and I'm so glad and honored to be able to help. Uh, and I work very, very hard on this show uh, because I believe in it. I believe you deserve a good night's sleep, and uh, I'd like to try to give it to you. Uh, and this is the only way I know how to do it. Uh, so thanks for coming by, and uh, let's keep the show going.
All right, Hoofians, uh, we're back and we're talking about uh, episode 10, uh, series one, season one, The Doctor Dances. What a good uh, title for an episode. And I would say the doctor does not disappoint, but what's disappointing is my lighting. So I got to, you won't even know I'm gone like usual, but uh, I'll be back in, uh, in the blink of an eye. Okay, I'm back, and this is a recap of last week's episode where there's, like, a big snoring. Like, there's this weird uh, sympathetic vibration where everybody in London is snoring the same way, like a cartoon character when they snore, they say, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. I don't know, I guess I never figured out last week if it was on the inhale or the exhale. We also meet a character, Jack Harkness, who's dashing... Uh, kind of. I can't tell if he, he gets on my nerves because he's too crafty or because he's too handsome. But either way, there's this uh, the recap of last week on the episode, and it rolls right into the new episode kind of seamlessly. And I thought that was cool. Right into the action with Dr. Rose and Jack. Uh, and what happens is all the snores come, and when, ha- when they get to the, the snoring, this sympathetic vibration snoring... They uh, also sleepwalk, and so Jack has to tell them to go to their rooms. Uh, He doesn't say without supper, uh, which I think would be the proper thing, but everybody's sleepwalking around, making a hat. He says, you're not going to get a good night's sleep sleepwalking around. Uh, Go to bed. Go to your room, he says very sternly, like a parent. He says it twice. And I said, why? And then head turn. Oh, because one of the, uh, they're, they're all listening, the snores, they're still listening in their sleep. So their heads turn like, what is he talking about? Uh, why head turn? And he says, I mean it, I'm cross. Go to your room. And he points and everyone's kind of slinks off to go to bed. Meanwhile, uh, Nancy was also... Uh, dealing with a snoring situation, kind of babysitting, and they, somehow the sympathetic vibrations for the doctor work across London, and at least temporarily, everyone slinks off to bed, and the doctor takes a big breath. He goes, "That would have been ter- those would have been terrible last words." Then the episode opens. It was made. The episode was written by or directed by Stephen Moffat. I'm not sure which one, uh, directed or written. I would assume written. And uh, let's see, Jamie walks off and Nancy watches, uh, and she's a little down because uh, Jamie and her, her uh, siblings, at least at the beginning of the episode, and she watches uh, J- Jamie watch off. She's a little down. Uh, oh, it just says Dr. Dances by Stephen Moffat, so we don't, I, I would assume it's right written, but uh, then Rose has the WTF moment, which I don't, I'm not sure what it is yet. Uh, let's see what it is. There's Nancy watching uh, Jamie head off. Uh, uh, the doctor says, yeah, those would have been terrible last words. Oh, and they say, then Jack, uh, Rose says, WTF, what's with all the people? Oh, she hadn't been acclimated to the snoring and sleepwalking. So she says, what, like, WTF. Uh, and Jack knows all about it. And at the end of the last episode, Jack was talking about how he's going to con Rose and the doctor. So the doctor says, how are you going to con us? And he goes, well, I got that uh, mauve tube or whatever, the pickle ship. And I was going to convince you that it was valuable and have you pay me up front. And then 
it was a ship vanish. So when you went to get it, you'd say, oh, we paid him, but now it's gone. Problem solved. Uh, and then he goes, it's one of my signature moves. Uh, and I buy him with a drink uh, with his own money and we discuss dumb luck. Uh, a perfect self-cleaning con. And uh, Doctor goes, yeah, great. And then Jack tries to deflect. He goes, yeah, this is that's my move, man. London, Pompeii. He goes, set your alarm for Volcano Day. And Doctor and Rose are kind of looking, you know, just scolding him with a look. Uh, and then Jack, Jack goes, getting a hint of disapproval. And Doctor goes, take a look around. Your little uh, Mo ship caused a sleepwalking, snoring thing. It's, it's feeding the sympathetic vibrations. And Jack goes, no, it isn't. Uh, it was just a pickle ship. Uh, and the doctor goes, Rose, uh, and she goes, yeah, yeah, doctor. Uh, he goes, let's go deal with some stuff upstairs. And Jake's still trying. He goes, listen, I, I programmed the ship's computer. I don't, he goes, this has nothing to do with, with the other thing. Uh, and doctor goes, I'll tell you what's happening. You forgot to set your alarm clock. It is volcano day. And then there's an all clear s- signal. Uh, Jack tries to talk his way out of it, all clear. I wish, uh, uh, something, I don't know what I said I wish. Uh, then Nancy kind of gets busted. She's surprised. She's nicked, as they say. Uh, Doctor is walking. Jack and Rose are following after him. Blisted. Uh, I don't know what that says. Uh, blisted. Uh, let's see, Nancy gets nicked. Uh, oh, oh, Jack calls him Mr. Spock, and uh, Rose calls him Doctor. And then the doctor says, hey, Jack, you got a laser, any kind of lasers? And he goes, oh, yeah, I got a sonic uh, sonic thingamajig. Uh, and they go, where are we going? And the doctor goes, this is where the snoring snarted, started. Snarted. No, not snarted, started in this room here. And he goes, when your ship came, this started the snoring, the mummy, mummy snoring. And Rose goes, well, what do you think happened? Doctor goes, let's go in. Jack, open the door with your uh, laser. And Rose says, what about your sonic screwdriver? And then Jack uses uh, his thing. It cuts a square hole in the door, in the lock, uh, and he says, Sonic Blaster, 51st century. Or no, the doctor says, is that from Villengrad? And Jack says, you've been there? He goes, once, uh, but it's gone now. Oh, no, Jack says it's gone now. Uh, and the doctor says, yeah, right, right. I went there after. There's a banana grove there. I like bananas. Bananas are good. And then Rose goes, nice blast pattern, hubba, hubba, hubba. And he goes, digital. And Rose goes, squareness gun. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, I like it. And I said, holy subtext about a square, square. I said, I don't know what the subtext is, but I'm sweating. And then they go in a room. It's all jacked up. The room's got a big mess. Uh, and digital square, uh, t- total, total look. What does that say? Total lock. I don't think I use the word lock ever, but I see it in my handwriting. You could say my handwriting's a lock mess. Uh, you say, well, what happened to Nessie? I don't know, but I know about Messi. Scooter's handwriting, it's all at the bottom of that, uh, wherever the heck that is. Uh, lock mess. Uh, lock mess right handwriting. 
But they go in the room, there's stuffed animals, lots of drawings from the kid who was having trouble sleeping, just like little Andy did. And then there's recordings that say, hey, what are you, are you, have you been sleepwalking and snoring and saying mummy? Uh, mummy, 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 but with a mummy, not, not with, but uh, he's saying mommy. And, uh, they say, I've heard this voice before. Yeah. We called on the radio, called on the phones. Uh, Nancy's the rich dad, the sweat on my brow. Oh, so Nancy gets busted by this rich dad. And he says, thanks for taking my food. I got it with the sweat on my brow. Uh, and Nancy says, really? Uh, he goes, is there anything else you'd like to take? She goes, yes, yeah, some wire cutters. Uh, he goes, why? She goes, Bar- you know, I got to get through some wire, a torch, uh, which I think is a flashlight. And I'd like to get some more food, by the way. And he, she goes, by the way, he goes, he's complaining. She goes, why do you have so much food when there's all these cutbacks? Uh, and she goes, you got more food than everyone else. He goes, she goes, there's something strange going on. And I, I didn't know if it was subtext or what, but it was like, uh, why, how Nancy, but Nancy had something on him. And she goes, wire cutters and a torch and food. And I'm going to use the bathroom too. And she goes, oh, now you're sweating. So Nancy gets out of there because she's quick on her feet thinking she could be the next Rose. I don't know if she ends up being the next Rose, but she should be. And Mr. Lloyd was that guy's name. He's a part of the landed gentry. He's a landed gentry, no doubt about it. And she opens the door. Doctor's pacing, listening to the tape. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the snoring and this was before sleep labs so this is all like because it's a sympathetic snoring sleepwalking situation parents are did not go away for a week's vacation and the doctor says there's energy in here and they go what and he goes yeah your little human brains can't pick up on it uh and Rose says, you know, when he doesn't, when, when doctors stress, he takes it out on humans. He say, you know, with xen- like uh, whatever xenophobia against humans is, he, sometimes he has it. And the doctor goes, Rose, I'm thinking. And she goes, even when he cuts himself shaving, he'll go on. A, and, like, and the doctor goes, uh, what about all those kids? Uh, he goes, oh, I can't think of it. And Jack goes, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. You know, he like uh, hash. He's, it's almost like he's using hashtags. And the doctor goes, I don't know, Jack. Too, too many coincidences here. Something did happen. And it's powerful. He goes, this infectious snoring and sleepwalking sweeping through London. And then a snorer says, I'm here to snore uh, in, in the room. And Rose goes, is that, what is that? Is that snoring? Uh, what's the noise? Uh, the doctor goes, it's the end of the tape. It ran out 30 seconds ago, the snoring. And the, this little boy says, can anybody hear me snoring? Uh, because I'm talking and I'm snoring at the same time. And he's snoring that mommy snore from the cartoons. And everyone's like, wait, how can you talk and snore at the same time? And they say, okay, well, we got to get out of here because we don't want to get to snoring, sleepwalking, a sympathetic vibration. So they say, let's get out of here. Uh, d- doctor, he pulls out a banana. Oh, no, the doctor had switcherooed with Jack's uh, sonic thingamajig with a banana. 
and he has it. So then he opens a square hole in the wall. They go out. He says, don't drop the banana, by the way. And then Jake says, why? He goes, good source of potassium. Hardy har har. And then they're on the run because they don't want to be, you know, they don't, they've got work to do. They can't fall asleep and walk around. And then Jack does a digital rewind, heals the wall, throws it back, the banana back to the doctor. He says, no, he switched the doctor. He says, this is a banana from Villengrad. Thought it was a funny. And the doctor says, you know, said, bananas are better than sonic things. And then they're running around this uh, where they are, a sleep institute or future sleep institute. So, you know, doing backstory about the snoring. They say, what is this? Uh, and Rose goes, let me see that sonic thing, dude. What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you got? Uh, he goes, doctor, by the way, do you have any sonic envy? What do you have? And the doctor goes, well, son, a little sonic uh, little thing. Little, you know, good at using it. I know what I'm doing when I use it, though. Believe me. Uh, he goes, uh, you know, just because it's like it looks like uh, not like yours, it doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, it's totally sonic. I'm sonic, totally sonic. I'm sonicked up. Uh, and Jake goes, well, what is it? How would you describe it? Uh, you know, and he goes, like a screwdriver, sonic screwdriver. Yeah, but then Rose uses Jack's sonic thing to open the hole in the floor. They get to the next level. They close it back up with the digital rewind. And you get Dr. Goes, could have used a warning. Rose goes, so, so much gratitude. And then Jack goes, who has the sonic screwdriver? And then Dr. Goes, that's just what I like to call it, man. Why do you get it? Like, uh, he goes, why do you get to throw? You know, this isn't throwing shade. We're trying to deal with a snoring situation. And Jack goes, who looks at a screwdriver and says, oh, this could be more sonic. Uh, and the doctor goes, what, have you never been bored before? So then they're looking around. And then there's tons of, you know, like uh, the snores are everywhere at this point, the sleepwalkers. Uh, so they got to get out of there. And uh, they use the sonic screwdriver, I think, to open the door. Go because Jack's thing stops working. He goes, Oh, your battery's low. Rose goes, A battery. And so the doctor opens it. She goes, That's a lame man. Not impressed. Uh, you know, the doctor's sonic screwdriver runs on sonic, you know, sonic stuff. Uh, but then they're in this like room, like a storage room. And the doctor goes, yeah, I was going to get another one, but the uh, factory's gone with uh, covered up with banana groves, according to the doctor here. And the doctor goes, yeah, this doctor, she goes, from the first day I met him, there was mannequins walking around London. That's practically how he communicates. Uh, and the doctor goes, we'll be fine for a little while. And then he starts trying to brainstorm, blue sky. He goes, assets, assets, uh, let's figure this out. And Jack goes, well, I got a banana. He goes, maybe you could put up some shelves with your screwdriver. And they say, well, the window, we can't go out the window. Uh, no other exits. Jack just sits down. He goes, well, the assets conversation went by quickly. And the doctor goes, where'd you pick him up anyway? And Rose goes, doctor. And Jack goes, she was hanging from a barrage balloon. And he goes, I was on an invisible spaceship. I didn't have a chance. Uh, 
And the doctor says, okay, have we missed anything? Let's do it, go over it again. And then he looks over and Jorosk goes, yeah, Jack just disappeared. Uh, then we go back to the kids of London. And it's very Dickensian. Uh, there's a kid typing on, uh, like, oh, it's all the orphans. There, there's a kid typing on a typewriter. He says, I'm sending him a letter. They're waiting for Nancy to come with the food because they kind of need Nancy. She's their leader. They said, we were waiting for you to come back for us. And she goes, okay, here's the food I have. Uh, she goes, what are you doing with that? And they go, well, Jim's going to be, a, he's writing a letter to me, dad. And she goes, how are you going to, you know, they're giving the kid a, like, a, they go, how are you going to send it? He goes, in an envelope. Uh, and they go, you can't read or write. He goes, I don't need to. I have a machine. And then they go, can you cut it out? And then Nancy goes, okay, like, let's just, uh, she goes, let's just take a breath here. And they go, Nancy, we need you. You're a leader. And she goes, listen, what, like, uh, tonight was a little bit wild and, they need you all to, and they say, why do you have wire cutters? Uh, and she goes, I need you all to take better care of each other because you got a sonic a screwdriver, a snoring, a sleepwalking situation to deal with. And she goes, I need you to all, to, you know, keep an eye on one another in a non-Dickensian fashion. And she goes, I figured out, I think I figured out the whole sleep. She goes, I figured out this thing. Otherwise, everyone's going to be walking around snoring saying, mummy. And she goes, it all started with my little brother, and he's going to follow me around sleepwalking and snoring. And they said, well, what do you, what do you, and then she goes, look at my brother's typing in the typewriter already, like uh, from a distance. And he's snoring. The sympathetic vibrations from her younger brother are so strong that the snoring is coming through on the typewriter, like almost like a telegraph. Uh, uh, type, why is typing? Why? Uh, he's always coming, always snoring. She says, plenty of greens, eat plenty of greens and chew your food. And then Rose is there. She goes, how come all the great, great looking ones always vanish? And the doctor goes, what? Uh, and he goes, not, not that I'm insulted. And she goes, I mean, you know, humans. Uh, she goes, he's just devastatingly handsome. Unlike other people in the room that are, you know, just not bad. And the doctor goes, thanks a lot. Uh, and then Jack calls in through a radio, an Omcom. He says, uh, I'm on my ship. Uh, I'm gonna, I could teleport, but only I could teleport. Uh, and the doctor says, radio isn't even supposed to be working. He goes, yeah, don't worry. I got an Omcom, anything with a speaker grill. And the doctor goes, that's weird. The child's going to Omcom, too. I wonder what technology is driving those things. Hintity, hint, hint, hint. Uh, he goes, he's been omicoming me on everything. And Rose goes, you're kidding me. And he, then, the kid, then the kid comes out and says, I'm coming to snore. I'm sleepwalking and snoring, mummy. Coming by. I want you to sleep and snore with me, too. Coming to find you. And then uh, Moonlight Serenade play comes on. The Jack doctor goes, or Jack goes, hey, he's playing it. He says, Rose, you remember that one? Moonlight Serenade. And he plays. Rose sits around in a chair, like rolls around in it. And the doctor goes, it's a full subtextual uh, 
banter of the, uh, the after dark nature uh, here and talking about dancing. But I said, this is like, a, this is a syrupy and thick. Uh, uh, also, they show Nancy sneaking in behind the things. But she says, she's a doctor. The doctor's still working. Rose goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to resonate the bars. Uh, and Rose goes, you don't think Jack's coming back? And the doctor says, I don't think so. And Rose goes, do you trust him? He goes, why do you? And she goes, despite the fact, other than that he's devastatingly handsome, he did uh, help me when I was on a barrage balloon. Bloke-wise, that's right up there with flossing. And then she goes, yeah, I like him. I trust him because he's like you, except with the dating and the dancing. And the doctor goes, sorry, what? Uh, he goes, you assume I can't date or dance uh, just because uh, of what? Uh, or do you, it's just not with you. And she goes, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes you just assume I don't dance. Uh, and she goes, are you telling me you want to dance? Uh, and she reaches out his hand. The actor goes, 900 years old, I've been around a bit, but I think you could assume at some point I've danced. Uh, Rose goes, really, you? And the actor goes, can't believe it. And uh, she goes, what happens if you do dance? Uh, and he goes, well, I got the moves, but I, I don't want to boast. Uh, and Rose goes, really, you got moves. Uh, and then they're kind of starting to kind of dance. It looks like they're going to dance. Uh, I mean, like actually dance. Uh, they're keeping it totally on... Um, Public airwaves level. Rose goes, show me your moves. Uh, and Dr. Rose, I'm trying to resonate concrete. And Rose goes, don't worry. Jack's going to be here. So let's get some dancing. The world won't come to a close just because the doctor dances. And so then they kind of start to dance. The doctor goes, barrage balloon. What? He goes, you were hanging on a barrage balloon. And she goes, yeah. And then I had my shirt on, and uh, uh, the doctor goes, I've traveled with a lot of people, but you're super Jeopardy friendly. And he's looking at her hands, and Rose goes, you call this dancing? Because I got some notes. And the doctor goes, how come you're like uh, you, you're in such good shape if you're hanging from a barrage balloon? And she goes, Jack had some nanobots or something that fixed me up. Uh, Captain Jack. Uh, and the doctor goes, he's Captain Jack? She goes, well, he's Jack, and he's Captain. And the doctor goes, he's not a Captain Rose. And she goes, are you sure you don't have sonic Captain Envy? And they said, I've had, all, I've had all of these things. Sonic, Screwdriver Envy, Captain Envy. And Rose goes, start dancing, doctor. Start moving your legs. And the doctor goes, if he was a captain, he would have been defrocked. Uh, and then suddenly they're tra teleported onto the ship, uh, but they don't know it yet. Uh, and uh, Rose goes, yeah, shame I missed him getting defracked, uh, hubba hubba. And Jack goes, I didn't get defracked. Nobody takes my frack, uh, doctor. I quit. Uh, and then they're like, holy cow, we're on the ship. Uh, and Jack goes, yeah, you were too busy dancing to notice I teleported you. Uh, but then they talk, the doctor says, you don't even know how to fly. You know, they go back and forth with some banter. Jack goes, yeah, this is one gorgeous ship I have here. And I told you I'd be back. Uh, and the doctor goes, this is a Chula ship. Uh, and Jack goes, yeah, just like the pickle ship. Uh, and he goes, only this one's a smooth, cool ship. Uh, 
And then the doctor, the nano, nanobots, the nanogenes, check out the doctor. He says, nanogenes? Uh, and they go, yeah. So the doctor goes, yeah, totally. They're nanobots uh, fixing everything. And the doctor goes, let's go look at the pickle ship. Uh, and Jack goes, yeah, sure. Uh, Got to get the NAVCOM back online. Get comfortable, you two. Get back to whatever you were doing. The doctor goes, we were just talking about dancing. And Jack goes, it didn't look like dancing. And Rose goes, it didn't feel like dancing. And the doctor goes, she said, I don't understand any of this. Uh, I guess the subtext is too subtextual for me. Uh, then Nancy gets in, uh, nicked again, trying to sneak to the pickle ship. Uh, and she gets stuck with some person. And she's like, are you going to fall asleep? Or do you have the the, uh, the snore thing? Uh, or not and the dude goes i don't know i don't know what you're talking about she goes well, why do i she goes and nancy's like i got stuff to do and they go sorry nancy uh you, you know you're busted we probably think you're a spy or something uh, then we're back on the ship and rose is like so if you were a team were you a time agent and now you're trying to con time agents uh and jack goes i don't do it for the money i do it for the you know love of the game he goes, you know, I, he goes, they took two years of my memories, too, by the way. And he goes, I don't know what I did for two years. I told her to such a ripoff. Uh, she goes, your friend doesn't trust there. Trust me, maybe uh, there's a reason he doesn't. Uh, and then they say, okay, let's get going. So then we see Nancy again trying to deal with, uh, the like, that they busted her. And she's like, uh, then she's, she's like, what am I going to do? Like, is it this dude, the dude starts snoring. She's like, he's going to start sleepwalking and then I'll be here, uh, for the sympathetic vibrations. That's terrible. Uh, Jenkins was the person who's feeling snorry. He's also very professional. And then it's a voice says, yes, mummy. He's snoring in his waking moments. Uh, Dr. Jack and Rose, there's a cool shot of them rolling up to the pickle ship site. Uh, they say, Jack says, it's algae's on duty. Me, me and algae have, uh, you know, had a little run together. So, uh, I could go distract him. First do do doctor assumes Rose would be the distraction. And then doctor makes a lot of underhanded comments here. I didn't know if they were open-minded or closed-minded comments. Uh, or like that he's so jealous of Jack, uh, uh, that he like so I couldn't f quite figure that out because he says he's a 51st century guy he's just flexible with dancing and Rose goes what do you mean I get maybe his exposition because the actor goes well by his time humans have spread out across the whole galaxy uh, meaning they kind of open their minds and their bodies up to new experiences and Rose goes, that's what we do when we get out there, tons of dancing and dancing and dancing. And the doctor goes, yep, dance. Uh, but by the time Jack gets to algae, algae's uh, already sleepwalking. So he says, mummy, mummy, you know, he's doing the snoring. And Jack's like, oh, no. Uh, so the doctor goes, just everybody stay back. This is a, like a sympathetic vibration snore sleepwalking thing. And they hear all the, uh, then, and then they say, Jesus, like a lot going on here in London, uh, WW2. So they say, we got more things to worry about. 
And Jack goes, I wouldn't worry about all this. And the doctor goes, this isn't just here. He goes, this is a snoring sleep thing is spreading sympathetically through the world uh, if we don't deal with it. Then we realize Nancy has a temporary cure, which is singing lullabies. Because uh, to Jenkins, she's singing a lullaby and it's working. He's not snoring or sleepwalking. He's just sleeping. And the doctor says, hey, Nancy, let us uh, let me help you. Uh, and we'll check out the pickle ship. But meanwhile, her little brother uh, is calling all the snorers in to, to defend the pickle ship. And then Jack hops on the pickle ship. He starts doing some programming. He says, see, this isn't a big deal. I didn't do anything wrong. And then he starts programming it. And then uh, it's like, uh, they're like, you did, like, what? Uh, and uh, then it calls everybody in. Uh, but Jack's like, this doesn't have anything to do with the snoring and the sleepwalking. And the doctor goes, it does. I just haven't figured it out. Uh, and he, Jack goes, Jesus, in my like, uh, he goes, he goes, those are emergency protocols. Uh, uh, all the sleepwalkers start converging. Jack says, heal up the uh, barbed wire, Nancy and Rose, uh, with a sonic screwdriver. So then uh, he calls Captain Jack, secure those gates, he says. Uh, he gives Rose a special code uh, to deal with the thing. Uh, he says, uh, setting uh, 2428D. Uh, she goes, what? He goes, that's a reattaching barbed wire setting. And then Rose has a few minutes alone with Nancy, where they talk. She tells her she's from the future and gives her hope. She says, "London, you're, you Londoners are tough. Uh, it's going to be great." Uh, she goes, "We're time travelers from the future." And Nancy goes, "You're bonkers." And Nancy goes, "I don't have much hope here." And Rose goes, "You can, Nancy. You can. You should. You're a real leader." And I'm from London, so it's going to be great. Uh, and she goes, hey, believe me, except for that Brexit thing, but that's after this episode. She goes, this is going to be spectacular. And the, uh, whatever those cutbacks were, were the bullet tightening stuff. Uh, but she goes, other than that, it was mostly pretty great. Uh, so, like, uh, and Nancy goes, what did you say? Did you meet austerity? And Rose goes, don't worry about it. Just let's keep moving. She goes, let's just keep moving on to, let's just deal with the snoring stuff. Uh, Nancy goes, but other than those things, I should have great hope for the future. And Rose goes, yeah, let's go. Uh, then they look in the pickle ship. It's empty. So Jack says, see, it totally exonerates me. And the doctor goes, what did you think would be in a pickle ship, Jack? Uh, why do you think a pickle ship would be flying around? And Rose go, doctor goes, Rose, do you know? And she goes, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, you do. And he does like a little flourish. Rose goes, oh, the nanogenes. And the doctor goes, dude, it wasn't empty. It's full of nanobots. And they're trying to put everybody to sleep and snore because the first thing they encountered was a snoring, a sleeping kid. And now they're just trying to replicate that because that's what they have is the default setting as soon as they, you, you had it in the defaults. And uh, they go, they can do that? And the doctor goes, yeah, yeah, just quirk of matter. Uh, nothing to a nanobot, nanogene. He goes, he goes, these aren't the same ones you have on your ship, Jack, because uh, they didn't know what a person was. They thought a person 
was a walking around snoring person. So that's why they're doing this. They have a good intention. Uh, they're just following their programming. Uh, nanogenes, yo. That's what I put. Holy nanogenes. They'll fix everything. Quick quirk of matter. Then J- doctor keeps scolding Jack. Uh, he's really on Jack's case. He's like, you really blew it, man. You really blew it. Uh, and I don't even know if there's anything we can do about it. We're all going to be snoring and sleepwalking soon because then the whole snore crew shows up. Uh, yeah, the doctor's really working hard at the ship. Uh, and Nancy's like, Rose, she, the doctor goes, well, the, all the sleepwalkers are here uh, to gather around and sleepwalk and say, mommy, mommy, mommy. And they go, doctors, because they're one with the ship, because the nanobots. Uh, and the doctor goes, this is a chula. He goes, this is a chula situation. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, now he goes, I don't know what to do. Too many people, too many snores, too much sleeping. And they're all standing around. The doctor goes, or Jack goes, why aren't they coming in? And the doctor goes, they're waiting for their commander, the kid, uh, Jamie, Nancy says, not the kid. His name's Jamie. And Rose goes, man, is there a ticking clock in this episode? The doctor goes, yep, uh, any second, Jack goes. And the doctor goes, too close to the volcano? And then Nancy says, Jamie's just a little kid. Uh, how, do you, how could he start a sympathetic sleepwalking vibration? And the doctor goes, well, kids love their mommies, and especially even when they're asleep. Uh, and they go, what are we going to do? Nancy goes, well, it's kind of my fault. And the doctor says, no. Uh, he goes, huh. And then he goes, oh, wait, I get, I get what you're saying. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, you can, he goes, you're an excellent lullaby singer, right, Nancy? And Nancy goes, yeah, but this is not the situation to be singing lullabies. Uh, and then Rose goes, Jack, why don't you teleport us all out? He goes, well, I can only teleport myself uh, out, by the way. And doctor goes, well, it's a volcano day, Jack. Do what you got to do. And Rose goes, no, Jack, don't do it. Uh, and then he looks at her. He tell her, teleports out. And the doctor goes, okay, Nancy, I got it. You got to think of your brother and start singing lullabies. Uh, he goes, I know, you know, you don't want to because this is a bit overwhelming, but you got to sing some lullabies and... You know, picture your little brother, uh, like, awake doing stuff. Uh, like, we're going to do a lullaby with a reverse intention. We're going to comfort the sleepwalkers and snorers awake. Uh, and Nancy goes, it doesn't even make any sense. The doctor goes, trust me on this one. The future of the human race is in your hands. Uh, and then Jamie walks up to Nancy, and she starts singing a mummy lullaby. Um, um, you know, I can't sing lullabies here. She goes, yeah, I'll sing to you, Jamie. And she actually gives him a little hug, and then the nanogenes, uh, nanobots uh, fly around. And they hear the lullaby, and then they say, oh, wait a second. Uh, we can wake him up. Uh, we get it. Uh, he was just asleep. The lullaby alerted them. Oh, uh, totally. We got to undo. We didn't mean to put him in such a deep sleep where he's snoring. And so we see the nanogenes. Everything's great with Jamie. Uh, I mean, the doctor's like, come on, nanogenes, figure it out during the, the ten, you know, the part where we weren't sure it was going to happen. 
And Rose goes, what's going on? Doc goes, kind of too, doesn't make a lot of sense to explain it, Rose. Uh, but he goes, come on, give me a day like this. Give me this one. And then Jamie's back to normal, like a normal kid, a rapscallion, I'd say. And Doctor's so happy. He's like jumping around, hugging Jamie. He says, 20 years till top pop music. You're going to love it. And he goes, this is great, great singing, by the way, Nancy. Good job. And then they see, like, uh, that other trouble is coming, and then Jack's spaceship comes in. Uh, Well, first Rose goes, what about all the trouble that's going to come? And he goes, it's taken care of with uh, psychology. And then uh, Jack comes and rescues them. And Dr. Jack goes, okay, hey, I'm going to put, put this in stasis and hit the road. Uh, and he goes, Rose? She goes, yeah. He goes, she goes, I'll see you later. I love your shirt, by the way. And Rose goes, uh, and then Jack flies off. Uh, and then the doctor spreads the nanogenes to all the other people. Well, he said it's Volcano Day. I forgot that was a cool line. Uh, with all the snore, before all the snores got fixed. Uh, and he says, I'm going to email the upgrade. Uh, so he spreads the nanogenes to all the other, hu- like, sleepwalking, snoring humans. And they go, by, they, the nanogenes love it so much. Uh, they do some dancing, and everyone wakes up and normal. Uh, and the doctor's even more happy. He goes, geez, this is great. Because uh, you want moves, Rose? I got moves. Uh and Dr. Constantine's there, so the doctor goes, Constant doctor, keep up the good work. Take all the credit for this one. And the doctor's, like, so jazzed. He's, like, jumping on stuff, giving speeches. He says, uh, he goes, you Londoners do a great job. Don't forget about the welfare state, by the way. Uh, already har-har, right, Rose? That austerity thing never happened. Uh, I think maybe it happened after this anyway, but, uh, and then the doctor goes, okay, everybody clear out. We'll get rid of the pickle ship. Uh, he goes, who am I to argue with history? And Rose goes, usually the first in line. He says, give me a day like this. Welcome back. Uh, oh, yeah, Jack was riding a barrage balloon. And then Dr. and Rose get on the TARDIS. The next scene, he's so happy. He's, like, running on the ship. Or not running, but walking. Rose is just amused. Uh He's like on fire, full of life and joy. Like, uh, she goes, You're beaming like Father Christmas. He goes, Oh, man. He goes, Remember you had a red bicycle when you were 12? She goes, What are you talking about? He goes, They need more days like this, Rose. Uh, and Rose goes, Doctor, she goes, He goes, Ask me anything. I'm on fire. She goes, What about Jack? Uh, why do you say goodbye? And the doctor goes, Well, oh, Jack, yeah, my competitor. Uh, then we see Jack. He's on his ship. He's talking to his computer. The computer says, bad news, Jack. Uh, the barrage balloon is uh, too big. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and he goes, uh, Institute Protocol 417, which is for a martini with too much removed. Uh, so Jack says, oh, well. He goes, at least I ended it all. And, uh, you know, go to the big farm as a handsome rap scallion. And I'm just going to sit here and look good and drink a martini. And, and then we see uh, the camera pulls out from Jack drinking his martini. And we see it pulls into the TARDIS. Uh, and we're seeing out the TARDIS door into Jack's ship. Uh, 
And the doctor goes, hurry up then. Uh, Rose says, get on the TARDIS. Uh, and Rose and the doctor are dancing, like actually dancing, the Moonlight Serenade. And Rose is trying to kind of instruct the doctor. And he's trying to spin her. She's like, you're not very good at spinning me. Don't pull on my arm. No extra points for half, Nelson. And Dak goes, I thought I knew how to do this stuff. He goes, close the door, Jack. You're going to be a draft. Uh, he goes, welcome to the TARDIS. Jack goes, this one's much bigger. And Dak goes, yeah. And Rose goes, I think what the doctor's saying is you may cut in. And then the doctor had walked off, and then he says, Rose, I just remember. And then he starts dancing and snapping, like solo. He's so happy. Uh, almost like he's in love. Uh, he goes, I can I can dance. Uh, and it, Rose goes, actually, I was going to dance with Jack, doctor. Uh, and the doctor goes, this is worth a little bit. He goes, no, Rose, I'm going to dance with you. Uh, he goes, I'm sure he wants to dance with one of us. I'm not sure who. And I thought, I didn't know. I was like, okay, wait, was that a little passive aggressive or what? Uh, but then it kind of ends with this lovely scene of the doctor and Rose dancing and Jack kind of dancing with himself. Uh, but he's actually enjoying himself too. And uh, just all a little bit gleeful, I'd say, full of glee. And that's how the episode uh, comes to a close. And just a couple of things that came up, but one was the use of the word Sonic, which I just wanted to define, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, produced by or relating to sound waves, uh, or involving, or of or involving sound, having a frequency within the audibility range of the human ear, or relating to or being at the speed of sound in the air, or about 761 miles an hour at sea level. So that's Sonic. And then Stephen Moffat, I think we may have covered before, was a Scottish television writer and producer who was a showrunner and an executive producer of both Doctor Who and Sherlock. Uh, he's also worked on the series Press Gang, Joking Apart, uh, Coupling. Uh, he wrote Chalk, another sitcom. And he wrote six under, when Doctor Who was revived in 2005, he wrote six episodes under Russell Davies, T. Davies. Uh, and then it was subsequently the lead writer, executive producer from 2009 to 2017. And then uh, he, 2010 to 2017, uh, worked on uh, uh, Sherlock with Mark Gaddis, uh and he's won many awards, and he's like, uh, like he's a OBE, so uh, he's a, like, what do you say, like a lord or something, uh, or knight, uh, so that's pretty cool. And then the word nicked uh, has a lot of definitions. This is from the Free Dictionary, a shallow notch or cut, uh, indentation on an edge or a surface, uh, uh, chiefly British slang, a prison or police station is a nick. Uh, uh, so to be nicked is to be busted. A groove down the side of a piece to ensure it's correctly placed in printing. Uh, to nick, uh, to cut a niche or notch in, to cut into, to cut short, to cheat, uh, or to bust. Uh, or So uh, those, all those things are nicked. 
and uh, I think that's everything. Uh, so I hope you have a wonderful evening. Oh, it looks like Jack, uh, this just came up here on my screen. Jack Barrowman is the actor for uh, uh, Jack, and it looks like he did go on to be on Torchwood, which I think was a spinoff of uh, uh, Doctor Who. So he did get, uh, and then he was on Arrow and the flash so he's a big star so i mean he like like rose said he's pretty uh, devastatingly handsome uh and he's very very rapscallion enough to make me jealous and me and the doctor jealous uh so that's it good night